illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half of the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30-yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me this week from the budding metropolis of Delta, Colorado, home of the True View Drive-In, we have Kyle Melton. <laughs> Hey, always a fan. I'm glad to be on the show. Yeah, you're you're filling in, jumping in the co-host seat this week. Yeah, this will be fun. I think. I'll have to remind myself I I can uh, talk and be heard. Usually, I'm just listening. Screaming at the uh, at your iPod at at Beej and I, huh? Yeah, exactly. Right on, right on. Well, the purpose of the legal participation is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, delegating, and have some fun along the way. Today, we're going to have a little bit of listener feedback. We're going to talk some beaver sports news. I think there might be an update from Eugene coming. Correct? Okay, oh. that's awesome. Uh, we'll go under further review for week five in the Pac-12. We have our usual Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award to hand out. We're going to preview the upcoming week six games. Uh, we'll talk very minorly about the Arizona game. And in our tailgating 101 section, Kyle, I'm going to have you help me do some things for an upcoming tailgater. You're going to help okay. me make some decisions. I want to remind everyone, if you want to listen to us on your iPhone or Android device, you can use the Stitcher Radio app or subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. Just search for at HeinrichTailgator. And also look up the Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. So up first, Kyle, we have a little bit of listener feedback. Was it from me? No, actually. Uh, it's actually not even really listener feedback. It's from Beej. He sent me a text. Oh, that's nice. Yes, well, he was gallivanting around Europe. Now, he's still over there. He's one week into his two-week stay in Europe, gallivanting all over the place. He sent this text. He said, tell my fans I love them and miss them, 
and I'm sorry they have to deal with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm not kidding. That's what he sent me today. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, so he's off to Europe. Did he watch Hostel before he left? <laughs> you know what? He's not going to stay in a hostel. He's too uh, prissy for that. But uh, no, he's not into horror movies, even though it's that time of the year. Oh yeah, I, I love a good horror movie. Oh, they scare yeah. me. That's what they're supposed to do. All right, let's talk a little Beaver Sports news. Up first is women's volleyball. Hey, I like watching that. Don't we all? Mary-Kate Marshall had 30 kills on a 266 hitting night and had 14 digs to lead the Oregon State volleyball team to a 3-2 win over the Utah Utes on Friday night at Gill Coliseum. They followed that up with a loss to the Colorado Buffaloes in three sets on Sunday afternoon. The volleyball team is now 3-10 overall, 1-2 in the Pac-12, and they begin a four-game road swing next week as they return to action on Friday, October 9th at 6 p.m. for a match at Stanford. The Beavs bookend next weekend with a 1 a.m. or excuse me, 11 a.m. match at California on Sunday, October 11th. Well, since you're a huge volleyball fan, how is the rest of the Pac-12 looking this year? The problem with volleyball is, like, Half to three quarters of the Pac-12 are ranked. Oh, oh are yeah. they? Oregon's ranked, Stanford's ranked, Cal's ranked, UCLA's ranked. Yeah, and and the, that's where you run into so problems. The, so the chances are looking pretty slim. Well, now. they really need to win more Pac-12. They need to win more of their out-of-conference games than they lose. They need to push post a pretty good record, and then go 500 in conference. And they can and they can get a they can get a spot in the tournament. It's just not looking good right now. Being three and ten overall, one and two in the Pac-12, not good. All right, Kyle, we're going to move on to women's soccer. Hey, that's awesome. That's my favorite. There you sport. go. <laughs> not, not beaches. Uh, the Oregon State women's soccer team battled Utah for the full ninety minutes on Friday, but fell one to nothing at Lorenz Field in their Pac-12 conference conference home opener. Gwen Beck and Nikki Ferris scored on their first goals of the season on Sunday to lead the women's team to a two. Did you say Gwen Beck? What was that? Did you say Glenn no, Beck? Gwen Beck. Gwen Beck. I know. It looks oh, like Gwen. What? It's B-I-E-C-K. Maybe it's oh, Bike. Okay. I don't know. To a yeah. 2-0 victory over Colorado. It's not Glenn Beck. No. I doubt he's ever played soccer in his life. Uh, the Beavs are 5-3-3 overall, 1-2-0 in Pac-12 play, and resume Pac-12 action at Stanford at 7 p.m. Thursday in a game that will be televised by Pac-12 networks. They then play at Cal at noon on Sunday. So they have some work oh, to do, go. but if they can uh, win a bunch of Pac-12 games, they can make the tournament, which I'd like to see. Because they had a pretty brutal season last year. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not many wins No, nope, not at all. All right, next up is men's soccer. Uh, yes. Hey, awesome. <laughs> A golden goal by sophomore Timmy Mueller gave the 19th-ranked Oregon State men's soccer team a one double overtime victory over UCLA on Friday, ending a decade of frustration against the Bruins. It was the Beavs' first win over the Bruins since October 9, 2005. They were 0-17-2 over their last 19 games against UCLA. 
Oof. Well, good to get that Yes, out. it was. That's a monkey you got to get off your back. Now, Jamie Valesco atoned for a missed penalty kick by knocking in a crossing pass from Nathan Brayton, and the Oregon State men's soccer team earned its first home sweep of a Pac-12 conference weekend series in four years with a 1-0 victory over San Diego State before a crowd of 527 at Lorenz Field. The Beavs are now 7-3 overall, 2-0 in Pac-12 play, and resume Pac-12 play at 3.30 p.m. Friday at Cal in a game to be televised by the Pac-12 Networks. They play another Pac-12 Networks game at Stanford at 1 p.m. on Sunday. So both their games this weekend down in the Bay Area will be on the Pac-12 Network. Have you ever gone to a soccer yes, game? Yes, uh, well, I, have I, been to, I don't think I've been to a men's game. I have been to a women's game. You know, it's right there. I wonder, there's soccer fields right there where we... Uh, Tailgate. Yeah, I'm sure many of your tailgaters have probably gone and pissed in their field. So I no, was you can't get over there. You'd have to jump the fence. Well through, well, through the fence. You can't get through the fence. Oh, piss through the fence? No. There's The, the <laughs> problem is, that would, yeah, you kind of think that, but we're like, seriously, the closest tailgater to the porta potties. Oh, yeah, yeah, you are. Now, yeah. when we used to tailgate before they put in the track, and it was kind of out there in the IM fields. There used uh-huh. to be a couple trees that made great urinals. Yeah, you could yeah. just well, walk they, right into them and, and and do your duty. Some green, I bet, because of you know the urea that you were putting in oh, the soil. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Now uh, we got a little women swimming, and this one goes out to listener Greg. Yeah. You know, Mr. Swimmer, Sammy Harrison, oh, no, it, Megan Lamb, and I, Serena Iletta. All won events on Saturday as the Oregon State swim team fell 109-94 to to Arizona State at the Osborne Aquatic Center in its annual damn cancer meet. Now, OSU coach Larry Leibowitz said the Beavs made great strides from the September 26th Orange and Black Intersquad meet in their first conference and regular season opener. Leibowitz said, quote, Overall, we did better than we were hoping for right now. I think we're in a good place. The Beavs returned to action October 15th with a duel against Vanderbilt and San Diego State in San Diego. So there's the swimming update for listener Greg. I think that's good. Get them all in. Get them all in. I mean, that's a real sport, right? Time. It is time. Now, diving? No, not diving. I don't, because it's all, you know, whose flippy floppy fly thing is better than somebody else. You know, you watch that in the Olympics, and they're like, well, that splash was too big. It's like, how was that splash any different than the splash right before that? And this makes no sense to me at all. All right. We're going to move on to women's basketball. Oh, that's uh, just about my favorite yeah, sport. It's, it's that time of year again. The basketball publication Lindy's College Sports has ranked Oregon State women's basketball number seven for the 2015-16 season in its latest issue. Lindy's also has senior Ruth Hamblin as a second-team All-American and as the National Defensive Player of the Year. Now, Hamblin was named a third-team All-American by the AP last season and earned Pac-12 Player of the Year from the media, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year from the media and coaches, All-Pac-12 from the media and coaches, and All-Pac-12 All-Academic First Team Honors. Now, reserve seats... Uh, season tickets for the 2015-16 Oregon State women's basketball season are sold out, but general admission seats tickets are still available for as low as 68 bucks. So that's pretty good. Now I do go to a number of women's basketball games because I have right here yeah. in my hot little hand the 2015-2016 general admission sports pass that we get with our football season tickets. And yeah. it's good for women's basketball, gymnastics, volleyball, and wrestling. 
So, and 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 you're you take advantage for the basketball. Uh, Jess and I have gone to basketball. Yeah, we. The problem is this time of year, it's hard for me to get out early on Fridays. And mm-hmm. uh, in the winter, it's a little bit easier for us to go over to basketball games. I don't know if we'll go this year, though, now that we're no longer living in Corvallis. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be when we lived in Corvallis, you know, we could head over to Gill Coliseum and only be, we were, you know, seven, eight minutes away. But uh, mm-hmm. now we're looking at, you know, 35 to 45. So, Any men's basketball That's game? what was going to be next. Now, last year at this time, the Oregon State men's basketball team had nine players suited up for its first official practice, which was held three days before the team had open walk-on tryouts to fill out the roster. Now, last Saturday, head coach Wayne Tinkle ran 15 players through nearly three hours of practice with the emphasis on defense and fundamentals. Freshman Trey Trey Tinkle sat out the practice with a minor ankle injury, but he's expected to return to action in the next couple of days. This year's squad has a full complement of 13 scholarship players, including five seniors, two juniors, and six freshmen. The seniors have played a combined 357 games at Oregon State, and the freshmen comprise a recruiting class that was ranked 14th in the nation, the highest ranking in program history. Well, there we there go. go. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, basketball season. You know, I was last year I was literally, if the team won four games in the whole season, I was going to be surprised. I thought it was going to be a complete disaster. And then the way it started yeah. out really got my hopes up. And it didn't mm-hmm. end as well as it started out, but I couldn't be I couldn't be disappointed. I mean, I was disappointed cuz I was thinking, hell, they might make a tournament of some kind here at the end. They didn't make it and it was like, I can't really be disappointed because they won about four times more what games they, than I thought they'd ever win. Well, they only did they only lose one at home last Something year. Something like that, yeah. They just they played phenomenal no. at home and Everybody they had just played their guts out. So, yeah, and yeah, they did a good job with those walk-ons. Yeah, they really did. Oh, hey, just a second. I got a knock on the door. I got to go check this out. Okay. Sorry, I'm really sorry about that. That's okay. Oh, hey. What do you? I got a package. What is this? It's from Dallas, Oregon. Was. Let me open this up here. It's a ticker tape machine. Oh! A teletype machine. What do you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, I think it's going off. What do you know about that? Whoa. Okay, here, let me get let me get this off okay. here. Alright, Billy. That thing makes the rounds. Yeah. This just in, this magical tape machine okay. here. <laughs> okay, uh, it says uh, from uh, Eugene, uh, GoDucks.com. Uniforms worn, worn by the Oregon Ducks football team have revolutionized the industry with unusual, innovative, and radical designs. The Ducks' Nike-designed uniforms have become a must-see item for every Oregon game. The Ducks will blaze a new trail when they're expected to wear their new Oregon Pioneers uniform when they host Oregon when they host Washington State Saturday at Autzen Stadium. The uniforms will uh, honor the Oregon Trail in Lewis and Clark. The helmets feature a silhouette of Lewis and Clark and the Oregon Duck. For the for uh, this inspiring new uniform, we want to celebrate the state and its great founders and innovators. Todd Van Horn, creator 
creative director of Nike Football, told GoDucks.com. One silhouette is holding a telescope and the others are pointing. Have you seen this? I have seen that, yes. Uh, the silhouettes of uh, Lewis and Clark accompanied by the duck also pointing in silhouette. Uh, in a related news, the U.S. Geological Survey announced a small but significant seismic activity lo- simultaneously at locations in St. Louis, Missouri and Hohenwald, Tennessee. Did you see no. this? Well, these sites, not on any previously known fault lines, can only be attributed to the sudden and violent turning of William and Clark and Meriwether Lewis in their respective graves. Oh, really? Well, there you go. See, I did not know that those were those two gentlemen were buried. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Now, did you see those things? Yeah. Oh, the helmets? Yeah, I turned. I'm not even dead, and I turned in my, oh my grave. God. You know what? I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the outrage from the Native American groups. Where was Chicago? Sacagawea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that. Going. You just pushed her right out of the way. You know, she was captive anyway, and all this crap. Yeah. Did you? Maybe she'll appear on the volleyball. You know, Title Nine. There you all. go. There you go. Did you? What color are those things? Competitive cheerleading yeah. uniforms. What, what color are those 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 uniforms? Oh, I'd gray. They look like they came. Looks like you're looking at a black and white TV. I don't know. I do not understand those guys. Seriously, I just uh, yeah. I was you know I, I feel sorry for uh, Lewis and Clark that they're uh, turning over in their graves like that. You know the the big thing is, and I just read this this afternoon. Do you know who was interested with this uh, this development? No. You know, there's another institution of higher learning up in Portland. A certain Lewis and Clark. Lewis College? and Clark. Yeah. And would you happen to know what their mascot is? Uh, uh it, I no, I'm not gonna guess. They would what be the is. pioneers. Oh yes, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I found that interesting. I wonder if Oregon will donate those uniforms to Lewis and Clark afterwards. Of course, <laughs> the only thing is Lewis and Clark actually their school colors are black and orange. But there's a there's a duck on it too. Yeah, they can just cut that part out. You got an exacto knife. Oh, uh, you know my school was we were the pioneers too. In Macaya. McLaughlin Union. Oh, there. is that where you went? Great White. Is that the high school there in Milton Freewater? Yeah, McLaughlin. Is that the county? Yeah. No, it's in Umatilla County, but it's after McLaughlin, John McLaughlin. Really? Why is it McLaughlin High School way out there? Because I thought McLaughlin lived in, in Oregon City. Yeah, and Vancouver, but he's, all, you know, he was important to Oregon. Okay. Hey, that's cool. Hey, you know, hey, that's one of the founders of the state. I have no problem with that. Um. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, interesting moat there. Do you know? Do you know where Lewis and Clark, the school started? Where Albany, Oregon. So uh, if you ever uh, see that uh, Oregon State played Albany College, that was Albany, Oregon. Oh. And after a while, they just picked up the whole university and moved it to moved it to uh, to Portland. Changed the name to Lewis and Clark. All right. Well, good uh, update from Eugene there, Kyle. Yeah, um, thanks for I, – I suppose I'll have to round up some postage to send this thing well, back. I might have to have you keep it for one more week. Oh, okay. I don't know if Beach is going to be back in time next week. 
you might want to wait for some feedback on this episode before you invite me for <laughs> there a second. You go, there you go. All right, Kyle, you ready to go under further review for week five in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown! Yeah. All right, so on our picks heading into last week, you and I were tied at 26 out of 41, and Beej was at 28 out of 41. Now, I've got everyone's picks. Last week, we did not have Beej's picks, but he uh, texted them to did, me. Okay. And just so you know. Did he text them to you on Sunday? I said, did he text them to you on Sunday? No, he texted them to me. No, he didn't. He texted me like Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, and I texted him yesterday to get his picks for the show tonight. And he texted uh-huh. me this morning, and I they're like nine hours ahead or something over there. And he's like, well, why do I have to text you my picks now? And I'm like, because I'm recording tonight. And he was like, oh, okay. So then he sent me his picks. So just so you know, he has all three of all three of us had the exact same picks last week. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a small <laughs> roster of games. Okay, so first up, um, all the games were on Saturday, October 3rd. First up was uh, Arizona State at UCLA. Yes, and I think we all picked UCLA, yes. right? Yes, we did. Uh, Arizona State running back Kalen Ballage ran the ball into the teeth of UCLA's defense in the final minute and refused to go down. One after another, his Arizona State teammates pushed and shoved him away from the Bruins and in for the clinching touchdown. Did you see that play? <laughs> yeah, and when I did, I uh, had the song uh, Yakety Sax from uh, Benny Hill playing in my head. Much. That would be perfect. Uh, Mike Bercovici passed for 273 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another score, and Arizona State got its season back on track with a 38-23 victory over number 7 UCLA on Saturday night. Arizona State built a 29-10 lead on UCLA heading into the fourth quarter. Thomas Durardi caught a second TD pass from Josh Rosen with 9.19 left, trimming the Sun Devils' lead to 29-23 and getting the Rose Bowl. Rocky, now I've got the hiccups all of a sudden. I was wondering what was yeah, going let, on. Let me, on let me have head. a sip of water here. Was the intern tying your shoes right then? What yeah. was going on? If it only so lucky. But after Mac Hack's exceptional punt and a defensive stand forced the Bruins to take a safety with 4.16 left, Ballage wrapped it up with a 23-yard TD run with 45 seconds to play, covering most of that distance with UCLA defenders hanging on him in what looked like a rugby scrum. So all of us took UCLA and lost that one. UCLA, are they missing like that good linebacker yes, that they had? Jack is out for the season. They've got a lot of guys out. They've got three starters, I believe, on defense that are out for the season. Um, you know, they've got a freshman quarterback. The injuries are really starting to add up for them, and it's not in a good way. Um, now, yeah. you know, I want to talk about that play where they scored at the end, and I've been seeing this more and more. And and, and to me, that there should have been a penalty on that play. Because if you watch it, you know, you're not allowed to assist a runner. You can't yeah. you can't pick up or 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 push a runner like that. Now, if there's a pile, right, like a big stand-up of guys, you can hit mm-hmm. the pile, right? You can run into people and knock them, but you're not allowed to physically grab them and pull them or push them like that. Right? Or yeah. And if you look I think- at the end of that play, there's a guy that grabs him and pulls him into the end zone. 
Yeah, I thought it went about another 10 yards, 15 yards, then it should Yeah, totally. Have, but. Um, but especially the end where he scored. Because the guy grabs and pulled yeah. him in. So it was just – I. They need to start calling that because there were several plays on the weekend where that happened, and, and they need mm-hmm. to call that. And, and people were like, well, why is there even a penalty for that? Well, because back in the day, there used to be the flying wedge where they would just mm-hmm. get a bunch of guys and pick a guy up in the middle and just carry him down the yeah. field. And you, you can't do that. You're not allowed to assist people like that. You know, Like I said, yeah. you can hit the pile and knock the pile forward or back, but you're not allowed to, to physically pick up or, or pull a runner. Yeah. And a lot of communities have, you know, stepped forward and banned midget throwing, so you can't. There do that you go. Either. That is that is no longer okay either. That's not okay. Right. Uh, so none of us got the point there, but that's okay. Uh, next up, Arizona at Stanford. Do you remember who you took? Uh, I think we all took. Uh, did we take? No, we probably took Arizona. No, all we? four of us took Stanford, actually. Oh, oh, good for us. We're so smart. Uh, Christian McCaffrey drove, dove into the end zone, even though it wasn't necessary. He just wanted to make sure he got in for his first career rushing touchdown. Now, McCaffrey ran for 156 yards in a TD. Remond Wright scored three times, and number 18, Stanford, overwhelmed Arizona 55-17 to on, on Saturday night. Now, Kevin Hogan threw for 217 yards and two touchdowns to help the Cardinal win their fourth straight after an opening loss to Northwestern. Now, Hogan also moved into fifth place on Stanford career passing yardage list. Now, Barry Sanders added a 65-yard TD run for Stanford, which has scored 40 or more points in three straight games for the first time in 14 years. The Cardinal have scored at least 37 points in five straight against the Wildcats. Now, Gerard Randall passed for 178 yards and a touchdown and rushed for another 67 yards for Arizona. Nick Wilson, who entered the game as the conference's leading rusher, was held to just 46 yards, though he did have a touchdown. And the Wildcats were coming off a 56-30 home loss to UCLA. Mm-hmm. So, two things there. Arizona's hurting. Uh, yeah. The quarterback, uh, Solomon, didn't play last week. I, I don't know how he is. I haven't seen what his ex- expectation is for this week. I don't know if he's going to be out another week. I thought he was going to be out. I think week. so, too. And uh, my other thing is, what the hell team was that that lost to Northwestern that first week of the season? Hey, maybe Northwestern's better than everybody thought. Northwestern's okay, but Stanford looked like crap. They completely yeah. looked like crap in that game. And hey, the coach got them turned around, right? So I tell you what, they're they're playing dominant freaking football right now, just yeah. dominant. Um, and that uh, that McCaffrey, that Christian McCaffrey. Not the biggest yeah. guy, but pretty damn yeah, fast and and just an impressive running back. How did he not score a touchdown before? I Matt? don't know. Oh. It was his first rushing touchdown. So he had Yeah. He had receiving touchdowns, but never had scored a rushing touchdown. So mm. now that guy's an impressive back. He's probably the most right for me, the most dynamic uh, running back in the Pac twelve right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so we all got a point there. Next up was Washington State at Cal. And we all picked Cal. That's true. Uh, Cal forced four turnovers, had seven sacks, and made two big special teams plays to back a four-touchdown performance from Jared 
Don't call me Jack Goff and secure a 34-28 victory over Washington State on Saturday and the Bears' first game as a ranked team in six years. Now, after having one of the worst defenses in the nation the past two years, Cal has caused 18 turnovers and recorded 18 sacks to get off to its best start since 2007. Cal safety Stephen McClure returned a fumbled fake punt for a TD and had a momentum-changing sack in the third quarter. Now, Darius Wright forced a fumble and... Damaray Drew had an inter- a late interception that thwarted possible scoring threats and sealed the win for Cal. Now, after winning just six games in Coach Sonny Dykes' first two seasons, the Bears head to a showdown at number 10 Utah next week with hopes of contending for a conference title thanks to that greatly improved defense. So that was a good game. I still think Washington yeah. State kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, and I'm still not completely sold on Cal. I think their offense is pretty good, and their defense, granted, they've they've recorded 18 takeaways, which is ridiculous in five games, and had a number of sacks, but we'll see when they go play a, a, a more solid team. This will definitely be the biggest test today, coming against Utah. Well, last year they had so many games where it was that, that offense of theirs that was, you know, they super high scoring games, right? Going down to the line. So if they can get a defense going, but uh, that may be a whole package this year. I agree. I completely agree. All right. So we all scored the point there. And the last game of the week, Kyle, we had Oregon at Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. We all, uh, Chose begrudgingly Oregon. Yeah, because it is business. It's not who we want to win. It's who we think are going to win. Now, I, mean, I, I, I only watched this game till halftime just because it was going. So well, late. yeah. Uh, so at the team hotel before the game, several Oregon players got stuck in an elevator for an hour. Did you hear about that? I yeah. saw that, too. Then the game yeah. was delayed for more than an hour because of lightning in the area. So, yeah, it was a dang late game. Now, Oregon running back Royce Freeman rushed for 163 yards and scored twice. Third-string quarterback Taylor Ailey tossed a clinching touchdown pass in the fourth quarter. And Oregon beat Colorado 41-24 on a soggy Saturday night. Now, running back Todd Griffin finished with 110 yards rushing and a score, while receiver Braylon Addison threw a TD pass on a trick play to help the Ducks rebound from an unsettling 62-20 home loss to Utah last weekend. Now, Oregon's beleaguered defense forced three turnovers and sacked Sefo Lafau five times. Lafau was playing with a bruised right shoulder. Now, there was a moment of silence before kickoff uh, for the people who died in the shooting at Umpqua Community College in Roseburg. The Ducks and the Buffaloes both wore a sticker on their helmets to honor the victims. And I believe Oregon State will also be wearing the same sticker this week when they play. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, what a, I tell you what though, uh, Oregon's offense looks very pedestrian. I mean, the, those turnovers in that first half were the only reason that Oregon was in it in the first half. I mean, but the, you know, the, the buffs were eating on, on not scoring with those turnovers they got. It was they both looked pretty weak in a lot of ways. I, I, I completely agree. Team looked real better than the other each other, and the and so that the, yeah, the ducks look they've fallen far from last yeah, year. They, it makes you wonder how much Mariota carried that team. Oh, you can see yeah. how much. 
I mean, the only thing they got is Freeman, right? Yeah, and and he doesn't look like the same guy that played last year because last year he was damn near unstoppable a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. again, you know, he's a big dude and 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 can rush up the middle, but he still doesn't. It that offense looks pedestrian now. It does not look mm-hmm. dominant. It doesn't look like they're just going to steamroll people right now. At least not with with uh, uh, Vernon mm-hmm. Adams on the sideline with that broken finger. So, I mean, yeah. they, they played a third-string walk-on quite a bit through the game. Yeah. So I, now, Helfrich said that that was a plan to play him, that he'd earned the playing time, but I still wonder. I still wonder. Of course he did. Yeah. They don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. They never do. Okay, so at the end of week five, you and I are sitting at 29 out of 41, and Beach is still in first place at 31 out of 41. So he's still leading it. All right, so on to the Pac-12 in the polls. So interesting uh, to see the polls right now. In the AP poll, Utah is at number five. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Stanford has climbed up to number 16. USC is at 17. UCLA at 20. Cal at 23. And Oregon and Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, Utah is at number seven, USC at 17, Stanford at 18, UCLA at 20, Cal at 22, and Oregon, Arizona State, and Arizona are in the others receiving votes category. Now, one thing about that USA Today coaches poll, actually two things. One, how is USC ahead of Stanford? Because that <laughs> it was early. It was well, that was only three weeks ago. And granted, they're both undefeated since then, but Stanford waffle stopped USC. Yeah. So I don't understand how USC is even one spot ahead of Stanford. And the other is, how is Arizona even getting any votes? <laughs> That's somebody who didn't who didn't uh probably the same guy that gave Arizona a vote voted Stanford down. <laughs> so that put that puts USC ahead of them. That, that's the only thing I can think or think of. Well, Rich always votes for himself, right? Probably. I could see yeah, that. I think most coaches would, or they're at least going to yeah. vote themselves higher. Yeah. As long as they have somewhat of a, you know, if your if your team's one and four, you can't vote for yourself. But if you're three and two, you'd be like, yeah, but we're the best damn three and two team in the nation. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, all right. So uh, yeah, we're sitting there. We got to beat Beach. We can't let him win. No, no. Yeah, he he lorded over us for a whole year. All right. Up next is the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the week award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership or just being a fan and kyle i didn't send you a copy of the outline for tonight's show so you have no idea who this is going to no no i'm excited well i don't know if you heard about this story you you possibly might have so uh on saturday texas cornerback chris boyd actually just sunday texas cornerback chris boyd apologized for retweeting a texas a&m fan during halftime of Texas's 50-7 loss to TCU on the day before. Now, Boyd's Twitter account retweeted a Texas AM fan's tweet, which stated, quote, 
Whenever y'all are ready to transfer, we're ready. As the Longhorns were trailing TCU 37-0 at halftime. Now, in a statement released by the school on Sunday, Boyd apologized and tried to affirm his loyalty to Texas. He said, I extend my sincerest apology to all of the Longhorn fans and family and everyone at UT. In no way did I intend to be disrespectful or disloyal. That I'm 100% committed to this team and program. Now, Boyd also said he personally apologized to his coaches and teammates. Now, Texas coach Charlie Strong made it clear after the game that players' use of phones during games is prohibited by the team. He also said, quote, they should never be on their phone at halftime. Now, a true freshman cornerback from Gilmer, Texas, Boyd was listed as having played against TCU, but he did not record a stat. Now, Boyd has recorded 13 tackles in five games as a Longhorn. The tweet has since been deleted, and there have been no further tweets from the account since the incident. Uh, wow. You know, uh, you're, you're you're in college. You should be able to do stupid stuff, but, man, put down your phone. It's halftime. Seriously? And Seriously? You know, you're, you're bagging on your own team from an opponent. Yeah. And it's halftime of a game. Seriously? So yeah. If I'm strong, I boot him. I, oh, yeah. I, I would. Well, I would. Quite frankly, yeah, well, quite frankly, I think Strong's going to get fired at the end of the season. <laughs> Do you think that because they came out today and said that the boosters and the and the management are all behind him? Is that him? what they said? That's, they, they gave him that, the that, that, that vote of confidence? Yeah, that if you go five and seven, you're out. That was the kiss of yeah. death right there from the, uh, yeah, from you're, the vote of confidence. It's Texas, yeah, baby. You, they give you the vote of confidence, you're done. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. It's it's tough. That's a tough one, right? It's just a stupid mistake. But it's like, well, hey buddy, we're paying a lot. You're getting a lot of tuition money for doing exactly. this. You're on a national program. There's a lot of people who want to be in your place and uh and you and you're not taking it How seriously. How can you so. even think that's okay? I, you know? I don't. Well, you're getting your butt handed to you. I could see you saying something stupid to your buddy in the locker yeah. room, but put down damn. But what, does he not think that those tweets come out with a timestamp on them? And you're retweeting a Texas a Texas A&M fan. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, the only thing you'd do worse would be, you know, retweeting an Oklahoma fan. <laughs> you know. Anyways, yeah. So Chris Boyd from the University of Texas, this jackass of the week award. Is for you, yeah. I just when I when I heard about that, I was like, "Wow, perfect!" You know, it's just amazing how every week we're able to hand one of these out. There's never been a week where I had to dig. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's always just stuff right there. It's not like I'm like, "God, who am I going to find this week that did something stupid?" No, there's always someone that does something just completely stupid every week. Although we haven't had any tummy Tuberville <clears throat> jackass. Uh, Cincinnati's been pretty low, right? So I don't know. All right. uh, It's now time for our Guns N' Roses musical interlude. Now, uh, we've been going through just the Guns N' Roses discography, just picking out random songs that we want to hear. Now, last week we heard a little bit of You Could Be Mine, which was uh, played in the uh, Terminator 2 soundtrack. 
Yes. yes. And tonight we have another Guns N' Roses song from another movie soundtrack from the 90s. Okay. You're, you're not sure, do you? Uh, is it another Schwarzenegger not film? Not a Schwarzenegger film. Tom Cruise movie. Oh. Tom Cruise, and he had a – well, he had two co-stars with him. Uh-huh. One would be Kristen Dunst in her first movie. Yes. And, and yes, Brad interview Pitt. With yes. A interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. The song at the end, what song was that? Sympathy <laughs> for the Devil, their, their cover of the uh, Rolling Stones song. Yes. Yeah. So I think uh, we're going to play this one today, Sympathy for the Devil, because we got to feel bad for the Devils because they have to live with the Wildcats <laughs> all year in the same state. It's kind of like us living with Oregon. Oh, there you go. Okay. So up next, a Sympathy for the Devil by Guns N' Roses.
I really like that version of that song, Kyle. Do you? Yes, I do. I think it's I think it's really good. And actually, you know, that was the last song that Slash recorded with the band. And yeah. Because they put that out, and then he was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to do something, and Axel just kept not wanting to record, and Slash finally said, screw this, I'm out of here. Yeah. But, you know, I've been hearing rumblings lately that they might be getting back together. Like – 
Duff and like, Slash and Matt Sorum, everybody. Wow, yeah, would be great if they could get Izzy, if get know, Izzy Stradlin back. Oh, right in uh, college, my roommate Dan and I had an argument about who was more critical to the Guns N' Roses sound. I, I argued that it was Axel. He argued that it was Slash. But I think both current incarnations of Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver show that you got to have both. I agree. I completely agree. Um, it, you know, Axel just has such an amazing range. And I, I, they, those two just work together. They remind me of Steven Tyler and Joe Perry of Aerosmith. Right, yeah. They just they're best friends and worst enemies at the same time. You know? Yeah, and they each do stuff that just pisses off the other guy. But when they get together, goddamn, they can write some music. There you go. So. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So we're gonna start looking at our week six Pac-12 preview here. You ready to put your picks up? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going a little more with the beach type of way here. But like, like I usually have a little time to put some thought into uh-huh. it, but I'm going to try to go off the hip a little bit on these that's, ones. That's what I do, quite frankly. Because, well, apparently he's, you know, beach is winning. So I'm good. I pay no, I, I only watched half a Ducks game this week. So I'm, I'm really kind of trying to channel his. Yeah, because he watches his, nothing. He watches the Beaver games and that's it. Every yeah. once in a while, he'll catch something. But that guy's got way too many irons in the fire to watch football. That's all I did on Saturday was watch football. It's the first time <laughs> in forever. I didn't leave. I don't. Did I leave my house? I didn't leave my house. I actually, no. I went outside to try and catch the dog when it ran through the arborvitae in the backyard. But other than that, I didn't. I didn't leave the house. I cooked up some <laughs> sausages on the stove for lunch and. I just sat on my butt and watched football day. It was great. Probably only Saturday I'll do that all year, but you know what? It was it was beautiful. Yeah. All right. Would your wife? Uh, well, she went to actually she went to like a, uh, a pee wee football game. One of her students invited her out. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, you had the place. To yeah. Yourself. So just for an hour or so, and then she just chilled out too. She took a nap on the couch and. We just had a great chill day. It was beautiful. We just we don't do that often, so it was nice. And there's just going to be busyness coming up for the next two months. So, All right, so let's get on to the Week 6 preview. Um, there's one game Thursday, October 9th. First up is Washington at number 17, USC. Okay. Washington at USC. Okay, I think uh, um, USC is going to win. But I don't think the coaches are going to be happy because Sark said no more naked oil wrestling in the coaches. <laughs> That's right. Pre-game, post-game, win or lose, no more. No more, no, no more. more. No more alcohol, no more hookers and blows, no more naked oil wrestling. We're cleaning this up. We just can't be, cleaning the- can't be having those things. All right. Uh, I'm just wondering how it's going to go because, you know, uh, Peterson replaced – Sark there at Washington. So I'm sure the Washington boosters really want, well, I'm sure boosters from both schools really want to prove who has the better coach. Well, well, so the, this one's in Los Angeles. Yes, it though, is right? at the Coliseum. Cause then, then last year they were, he played like one of their first games up there in Washington. I thought, last I believe year. so. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
So you're taking USC. Beach is taking USC. I, too, will take USC. There you go. All right. So all the rest of the games, only five games this week. Um, all the rest are on Saturday, October 10th. First up is Washington State at Oregon. Uh, man. Uh, I think... I think uh, Oregon's defense just isn't there, and the Cougs know how to throw an upset. I'm thinking Washington State. Really? All right. The only way to lose it is because of uh, special teams, because that's what Washington does. Washington State, yeah. Well, that and Leach is a Uh moron. Well, he is a moron. I mean, that fumbled fake punt killed him against Cal. Well, of course, that's special teams. There you go. Fired that special teams guy in the mid-season yeah, last got, year, and it just they, they got the southern guy. That's and every game so far this season, they've had a special teams faux yeah. pas. All right, well, Beach is going with Oregon. Now I've already written down my picks. I too, am, <coughs> I too am taking Washington State. Oh, you yes, are. Yes, I am. I just uh, I thought it would mind melding with Beach, not no, you. No, no, I'm taking I'm taking the Cougs. Like you said, Washington State can throw the crap out of the ball. And Oregon's pass defense is wretched. Now, if they can figure out how to contain that DeForest Buckner for Oregon, who's that one defensive lineman who really was the one that kind of threw Colorado's passing game off, if they can figure out how to kind of contain him, I think they're going to pick Oregon's defense apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took Oregon long enough to figure out how to contain Spruce. Yeah. And, and they if they if they got three or four targets, they don't have exactly. a chance. And they think. and they and Washington State does. They don't have anybody they don't have anyone that I consider like outstanding, but they have a lot of guys that can catch the ball. Yeah. A lot of guys. So yeah. I too am taking one too. All right. Up next, Colorado at Arizona State. Uh, man, I'd really like to root for the buffs, but uh uh, it's who you root for and who you think's going to win. Yeah, I think at Arizona State, I think as long as the uh, refs are uh, not allowing midget throwing, I think <laughs> I think Wildcats will win this okay. one. Beach is also taking Arizona State. I, too, am taking Arizona State. I think Colorado's gotten better, but I just don't think they have the horses to run with Arizona State. And Arizona State's defense played really well last week. They were getting a lot of push from their up front guys and and putting pressure on people. And I think with uh, Cephalafau still probably still going to be hurting after that Oregon game, I think uh, I, I'm going to have to go with Arizona State. And I, I realize, yeah, I, the Sun Devils, not the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I That's them. good. It's all good. All right. Up next, the top 25 showdown. Someone's going to have a loss at the end of this one. Number 23, Cal. At number five, Utah. I uh, I'm going uh, I'm going with the the third down jump and the and the Utes. The Utes. Beach is also taking the Utes, and I take the Utes hand down. I just don't think Cal has really faced a lot of stiff competition yet, and Utah's really really good. They are really good. So I just I, I think they're going to harass. 
Jared, don't call me Jack Goff, and and just put a lick on him. So, do you think they're number five good? I do think they're number five good. With that defense, how it's, how it's playing, yeah. Offensively, I don't know. But, you know, really nobody offensively has really shown me anything other than – do you know who looks really good right now? TC freaking you. Yeah. Those guys look amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, th- they got I think he's – because they got the, they got the biggest chip on the shoulder, yeah, right? Yeah, them and Baylor. You know, I think both those schools are looking good. I think TCU is looking crazy good, but you know, I, I still think you've got to give it to to uh, uh, Ohio State. Like if you're doing the playoffs right now, Ohio State's got to be in there. They're undefeated. They're the reigning national champion. I, I think they're in it till they lose, right? I think I think Notre Dame. Yeah, 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 nice, 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 nice. But anyways, yeah, TCU. I mean, that to me right now is looking like the number one team in the nation. The way they're playing. Yeah, but I wouldn't put. I'd like to see Utah's defense against TCU's offense. I really would. Okay, yeah. so we're all taking Utah, and last up, Oregon State at Arizona. Mm, man, we don't leave much room for separation, do no, we? You can uh, do whatever you want. I one time I did, and I won't. And I won't. <laughs> uh, no, but I think uh, I, I some time to regather themselves for that young crew. I think the Beavs have a very real solid shot. I think they're going to win this one. I, I do too. Uh, also, Beach takes you OSU. You know, I, I'm glad. I really liked what I saw out of the Beavs two weeks ago against Stanford. I know they lost, yeah. but I saw growth. I saw a lot of growth out of. Collins at quarterback, and I like the way they kept playing hard. And I mean, Stanford mm-hmm. was really just punching them in the nose on both sides of the ball, punching them in the mm-hmm. nose every play. And they just kept coming back and playing hard. Um, I'm glad the Beavs had a week off to heal after that uh, mm-hmm. beating they took at the hands of Arizona or at the hands of Stanford. And I'm glad Arizona is coming off the beating of Stanford. Um, Mm-hmm. Jess asked me what I thought, and I'm like, well, I'm glad Stanford tenderized Arizona a little bit. And she goes, really? You're talking about 18 to 22-year-old kids getting getting tenderized? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So that's kind of how Stanford <laughs> plays, you know. They just line up yeah. and keep punching you in the nose, which not a lot of teams do anymore. Um, Stanford and Michigan. Michigan's defense yeah. is playing tough. Um, yeah. Anyways. So uh, yeah, I really I really like OSU's chances. I think they got a good shot. Yeah, I think if uh, uh, Collins there finds the tight ends and gives the ball over to the running backs a little bit more, I think they got they're going to move the ball. All right, well Kyle, we will. uh, That's about all we're going to talk about the Arizona game. Uh, In the past, we've talked about places to eat and see and check out in uh, Tucson. So if someone wanted to go to a back to a pass show. They could do that. But we're going to do a little tailgating 101 right now, and I need your help. Okay. So the next Beaver home game is, well, two and a half weeks away, um, and the Beavs will be playing Colorado. Yes. yes. Now, I live in Colorado. That's why I'm asking you this. So, you know, at the Heiner Tailgater, I like to theme at least one item on the menu, the tailgate menu, to whatever team we're playing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
you know, we've did different things like with Washington, we'll get Ivar's uh, chowder from Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. With Stanford or Cal, we get the Evergood sausages from the Bay. Excuse me, I get the hiccups again from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And we've done many other things. You know, when they play BYU, we like to do Jello shots, but it's still yeah. Jello. Um, Jello. So, this is where I'm stuck. What in the hell am I going to make for Colorado? Now, two years ago, uh, the Buffs played here on a just pissing down rainy Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a, it was a Saturday. It was, I think it was Beach's birthday. I think it was the 28th. And uh, we were going to do – We it, it was an early game because I think they kicked off at like a – 11 or 12. And so we did chicken and waffles, but we did buffalo chicken and waffles. So you could make like a oh. savory buffalo chicken sandwich out of the waffles. Mm-hmm. And plus I had sweet toppings. I had all sorts of toppings, right? But it was buffalo chicken yeah. waffles. Kind of a cheat, if you ask me. Because everyone knows that buffalo chicken is actually from Buffalo, New York, and yada, yada, yada. But sitting here, what the hell is Colorado known for? Okay. Okay, so th- this is kind of off the top of my head, but I think I got like three things okay. for you. Okay, like first thing is I'm taking uh, notes. I re- just so you know, I recently found out. Well, I think a few months ago that uh, Jolly Ranchers were originally from Colorado. Really? Yeah. So you might, you know, back in the day, we pop a few Zimas and throw some Jolly Ranchers in there. <laughs> that was always okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, you know, put wrap the sweater around your shoulders and pop open a Zima and you know, <laughs> that might be kind of fun. Uh two, maybe you could do get some buffalo meat mm-hmm. and you might thin it out a little bit and then do little rolled up uh uh meatballs. Ooh, buffalo meatballs. Okay, hold on. Meatball. Hold on, hold on, just a second. Just so you know, I just Googled it. I love Google. The product uh-huh. was originally produced by the Jolly Rancher Company, founded in 1949 by Bill Harzman of Golden, Colorado. There the you Jolly go. Rancher Company made ice cream, chocolate, and candy sold at several ranch-made ice cream stores in the Denver area. The name was to suggest a hospitable, hospitable, hospitable Western company. So there you go. Jolly Rancher. Okay, look at that. That's good. Okay, okay, keep going though. So you got Jolly Ranchers, yeah. Buffalo meat, maybe meatballs. Yeah, you could do it like an appetizer uh-huh. thing. So you just have, you, know, you don't have to make a whole uh-huh. bunch, but a crock full might be okay. Okay, that way you can eat a little bison on on the uh-huh. day. That might be good. Yeah. And then um, I would okay. And then one other thing, I was watching a rock and roll excess on VH1, okay. and it was like uh, like number two was Mick Fleetwood. Sucked up a million dollars worth of cocaine in the 80s up his yeah, nose. I hate, I hate Fleetwood Mac, but okay. <laughs> but the number one was something about Elvis Presley getting all his buddies on an airplane and flying to Colorado to go eat sandwiches at a restaurant that served this sandwich that was called the Fool's Gold Sandwich. And it was a loaf of white bread that was cut open. And it had a jar of peanut butter, a jar of grape jelly, and a pound of bacon. Oh God! So and, and he said it was. And there was like a sandwich for each person on this like 
50 guys on this airplane and they had a sandwich for everybody you know so many cases of champagne and then they drank it all and then they just got on the plane and flew back to you know to nash i love this i love having google because i can sit here and pulls up so the fool's gold loaf is a sandwich made by the colorado mine company a restaurant in denver colorado the sandwich consists of a single warmed hollowed out loaf of bread filled with the contents of one jar of creamy peanut butter one jar of grape jelly and a pound of bacon the sandwich's connection to Elvis Presley is the source of its legend and prolonged interest. According to the life and cuisine of Elvis Presley, it was the focus of a midnight sandwich owned by Elvis Presley and his friends. Taking his private jet from Graceland, Presley and his friend purchased 22 of the sandwiches and spent three hours eating the sandwiches and drinking Perrier and champagne before flying home. The story became legend and the sandwich became the subject of continued media interest and part of numerous cookbooks typically focused around Presley's love of food. See, I could I could be Google. I may be yeah, Google. There you go. That's impressive. They got a picture of it here. Yeah, it just looks kind of gnarly because you got you got Doesn't like it? this. I mean, it's massive, and so they've kind of hollowed out the bread, and then you've got just a ton of peanut butter, and then bacon with grape jelly on it, and it just it's odd. It, that sounds like a tailgater sandwich. That to could me. be. I'm gonna write that one down. Those are the three things off the top that's, of my hey, head. Kyle, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because <laughs> in my research, which obviously isn't very prolonged, so do you know what food other than Jolly Ranchers was created in Colorado? The only thing that I could find? Uh, Shredded no. wheat. Oh, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, great. And you know there's only one state food of, of, of Colorado. You know what that is? Uh, Rocky Mountain Oysters? No, actually, there's a state pastry of Colorado. Oh, a state pastry. Yeah. I, uh, it's nothing that, it's nothing I that exciting. No, The what? cinnamon roll. Oh, that is, it's not even a Cinnabon. It's cinnamon a cinnamon roll, roll. yeah. How crummy is yeah. that? Now, that now is. see, right now, Beige and I, on the menu, we have penciled in nachos, right? Yeah. Because we'll do, uh, I'll go buy the Qdoba queso. Because we both mm-hmm. love the Qdoba queso, and we'll, so we'll use that. So I was thinking, this is just some other thing as I was thinking. We could do buffalo chili made with buffalo meat. So you can mm-hmm. have ch- buffalo chili nachos. There you go. There's also chili Colorado. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, around here, you see on the menu a lot of chili Colorado. You also see a lot of chili verde. Yeah. Well, And I'm a big pork chili verde really? fan. That's kind of... That's a, I'd say that's a pretty strong Colorado thing. You find that at most restaurants, yeah, see, Chili is Verde. That, is that a Colorado thing, or is that kind of bleed up from New Mexico? It's a little, y'all. They're all hatched New Mexico chilies yeah, usually. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why I wonder if it's kind of that bleeding up. Now, Chili Colorado. The funny thing about that is a traditional Mexican dish of beef or pork mm-hmm. stewed in a red chili sauce. Chili yeah. colored red, Colorado. Well, is that That's what, what Colorado it, means. It doesn't mean the state of Colorado. I thought it meant colorful. No. It means colored red. Uh, I don't know about that. That's that's what everything i found. But anyways. They're lying so, to you. It means colorful. So, any, My Spanish isn't that bad. Well, anyways. Well, because rojo is red. But anyways. Uh, so I, I've also got Rocky Mountain Oysters. There's yeah. also the Colorado Bulldog. Which is a cocktail what? of Kahlua... Vodka, cream, and Coke. 
which it's it's really it's really tasty. But uh, (laughs) so, but I'm kind of liking that. uh, I'm. The Zima and Jolly Rancher? I'm kind of liking the Jolly Rancher because I can make a Jolly Rancher cocktail. You made you made a comment the other week. You made a, a drink that tasted oh, like does. a Jolly Rancher. Oh, it does. It tastes like a, an apple Jolly Rancher. So it yeah. can easily be that. Yeah. So I'm kind of liking that. But I'm also kind of liking the buffalo meat. <laughs> I wonder if I got some buffalo steaks and, and uh, use those for nachos. So we could do steak and promise buffalo's a little expensive. Uh, so, buffalo's that's why I was looking for you to thin it out. Yeah, well, and now. the other problem so. I, I have a hard time cooking buffalo like that, just grilling it, is it's so yeah. lean, it's really yeah, easy I, to screw it up. You know, I like I like kind of like a fatty cut of beef when I'm grilling it at a at a, cock, at a uh, tailgater because it gives me a little more leeway either way. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, well, I will think about this. And we will make a decision next week. I'll kind of let it ruminate, yeah. but I like these are good. I'm glad. I'm glad I did this because I was trying to think like, what am I doing? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bring this up with Kyle. By the way, I hate you, Kyle. <laughs> but no, that was great. Oh, right on. Kind of liking the Jolly Rancher idea, but liking the Buffalo too. I've always had a hard time eating the other team, though. You know, yeah. I just kind of it's kind of. Kind of morbid. Yeah. So. Well, well, you you eat dead bird all the time. Actually, we no longer have dead bird. (laughs) Why don't? Well, uh, Emmons Meat Market closed. Oh. Is that where you guys used to go get the knives sharpened? Uh, No, I never got knives sharpened there, but uh, that's, you know where Emmons Meat Market was out there on Highway uh, 34? Yeah. Yeah. So they closed, uh, hell, almost two years ago. Um, Yeah. And... They were just selling everything. Um, the old man who started it passed away, and his wife had it open for a little while. And then from what I understand, she was just done with it, ready to be done with it. So they closed it. Um, now, one of the kids did try to reopen selling the jerky and stuff in downtown Corvallis because they had all the recipes. But from what I understand, there was some money drama with a partner and their kid. I don't know. Anyway, so they're no longer making jerky at all. But uh, when they were closing Emmons, I went in there and bought all the leftover teriyaki turkey jerky I could. I bought like, jeez, oh, thirteen <laughs> packages, and I had it, and I yeah. had it in my freezer, and we just used the last package. So oh. it's all gone. So I don't know what we're gonna do for Dead Bird anymore. I have to figure something else out. Tillamook Smokehouse doesn't. Do I, well, you know, I can get some jerky, but I want to get a, a teriyaki turkey jerky because that's what it's always been. I want to get something really good too. So, um, Jess works with somebody whose husband owns a meat market and meat processing place in Canby. So we're going to see if they've got anything. So hopefully we'll find something. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks for joining me. This has been fun. Do you have anything else to add tonight? Uh. No, I don't think so. The uh, thanks for inviting me. I was my big lead-in was gonna be that I'm out here in Colorado and Grand Junction near there. And the claim to fame was a few years ago they had a football player. It was his senior game, and the game before it, he broke his pinky toe. Oh yeah. And they were like, you're gonna have to sit out for a couple of you know for a few weeks. And so he had him amputate his toe. Really. So he. His final game. Do you remember that one in the National That's News? That's all Ronnie Lott and stuff. 
Yeah, Ronnie Lott yeah, had he, a portion he, of his pinky finger amputated. Oh yeah, no, yeah, this guy had his pinky toe removed so he could go play his final senior game. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, I actually broke my pinky toe years ago, and that was horrible. You could hardly freaking walk. Yeah, yeah, hardly walk. It was brutal. Anyways, well, cool. Well, maybe I wanted to say that at the beginning, but I okay. missed it. Okay, well, you should have saved it because you might be on next week. Because oh, I just don't—I don't know when Beej is getting home, and even if he gets home, he might be too tired to to record. So, when does he get? Back? I can't remember if he gets back Sunday or Monday. So, ah. he's gallivanting all over uh, Europe today. He was in Germany at New Schwanstein Castle. No, which is the castle that uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland was modeled after. Yeah. But anyways, okay. yeah, Mad King Ludwig. All right. Well, I want to thank. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening to show number sixty-four of a League Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgater@gmail.com. You can message me on Twitter. Just search for at HeinrichTailgater and HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes if you want. Please leave an iTunes review, and you can also listen to us on your iPhone or Android device with the Stitcher Radio app. Kyle, thanks for being here again. This has been great. Yeah, go bees. And next week we'll have show number 65. We'll recap week six. We'll look at week seven and we'll talk the Wazoo game, which was just set up for a one o'clock kickoff next weekend. Up there. there. So, uh, yeah, just like Kyle said, we'll end it with a great big go bees. You there, Kyle? I'm here. Kyle? Hey. Hello? Can you hear me? Okay. I, I can hear you. hear you. Hold on here. Let me figure Hello? this out. Oh, here. I'll turn on my camera. There you go. What? You see me? You. Hello? Yeah, nice. Why can't I hear you? This happens with Beej every once in a while. Okay, well, it looks like we're recording, so that's good. I can hear you. And you're coming through on the recording. I just can't hear you. Let me try. Did you... I can hear it. Just so while you can't, hear, can't me. hear you.
No, still can't hear you. Try putting your finger up your nose. Oh. Now say something. Maybe poke yourself in the eye. Ah, I can hear you. Speak up a little bit. How's this? Can you hear me? It, uh, that must be really loud. Holy smokes. Yeah, let me turn down the volume a little bit. Holy cow. There we go. There we go. No problem. Yeah, I've been having issues myself with my <clears throat> my throat. I saw on Facebook you had to put in a fence or something. Well, yeah, the backyard, they just planted some arborvitae along the back. But it, did you see the rocks that were there? Yeah, I could kind of see there were Yeah, some that's rocks. like a it's well, like a drainage. What was that? I said arborvitae is nasty. It just holds so many spider webs and, and it dust holds all that pollen. crap. I know. Well, and it's that those rocks are kind of like a, it's we're kind of at the top of the hill where we're at, and mm-hmm. so those rocks are put in for the runoff to come down the backside of the hill. So it's I call it like a little creek bed back there. And the dog's old, and I didn't think it would walk over the damn rocks, but uh, it did the other day, and it went through the arborvitae, and so. Uh, I, I want to tear out those arborvitae anyway, because like I said, I, they hold yeah. all and they just hold crap in them too. So yeah. You got to constantly clean them out. So I, uh, I just put up. I just went and got some. It's just some poultry fencing and some stakes. Cost like fifty bucks. So because I can't, I can't put up a fence right now. It's I don't have time. Yeah. So, but I can do it in the spring. So it's just gonna have to wait. Yeah, the, if you have allergies or anything, that arborvitae, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways. Anyway. Do you want me to send you a copy of the uh, thing, or do you just want to wing it? Um, I'll wing it. I had an idea that when we... The hell? Am I? I'm trying not to... I'm same distance. Yeah, and I turned it back up, and... Just really quiet. Am I silent on the recording or am I silent in your ears? Uh, both. Oh. Let me see. Got everything turned up. Yeah, I got everything to turned up. Yeah, it is turned up to 11, actually. So try uh Sibilance. Sibilance. Test, test. Okay, Tom Hanks. Check. Best episode of Sibilance. Wayne's World ever. Best Tom Hanks ever. Yeah. <laughs> Siblings. Okay, it should be up all the way. Why is it so quiet now? Mm. Sit a little bit closer. Say something. Look into my eyes. Why is that so quiet all of a sudden? Oh, is it? Is it more quiet? It's really quiet, yeah. Well, let me Here, check let my me... Skype. How's this? Is that any better? A little bit. It's still quiet. How am I? You're you're loud and clear. Okay. My microphone's kind of on the bottom, so I thought maybe I'm blocking it. Could be. How's that? Is that any better? Yeah. You know what? Just turn off your video. I'll turn off mine. There we go. Okay. Now, can you hear me? Uh, video's still on. Yes. Hello. Turn video off. 
How's that? Okay. Is the sound any better? A little bit. It's just really quiet, and I don't know why. I'm trying to boost you here. And the, trying to talk. How am I talking directly into it? Does it get better? Or is it not? Well, really? I don't know what happened because when you first said something, it was like raw. Yeah. Then. <clears throat> you've you've been all the same, okay. loud and clear. Okay, make sure we're still recording here. Yeah, you're still coming through good. Okay. It says recording in progress, so that's good. And I can see the little – when I speak, my microphone line is jumping up. And when you speak, my speaker line is jumping up, so that's good. Okay. To kind of like an equal – Yeah, yeah, I can see them both, so. Okay, well, we'll just do that, and we're just going to go for it. Now, you live in Delta, Colorado, correct? I live in Delta, Colorado. That is correct. Okay. Let me know when you're ready to go and we'll do this. So you're going to go after basketball, okay? Yeah, and you can bring up where I'm at. I'm going I'll, to. I got some. I've got it written in my uh, outline here. Okay. <clears throat> Let me get a sip of water here. All right, you ready to do this? I think so. 